1: visit tacovas.com that's t e c o v a s.com and don't go gently y'all in every pair of tacovas boots you can expect handmade quality first wear comfort and timeless western style a great pair of western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments tacovas boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers and with occasional resoling they will last a lifetime The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or find leather goods.
2: So we are at Flyvines and we have with us Aaron, Kane. Let's talk about what you do and how we can get our used fly lines to you.
3: Thanks for the opportunity. Um, we are a company based in Missoula, Montana, and we take recycled fly line and make it into different um, fishing product accessories. We encourage um, everyone to visit our website, and we have the information. If you have old fly line laying around, you can mail it to us, and we will send you a piece of product in return as a thank you.
2: Any, does it, like What if I got Rio or... Scientific anglers or uh, some generic fly line—does it matter?
3: We take any fly line, any color. We have everything from Spay line to, to Rio to everything. So we um, will take it all. Our products—we use different um, line for different products. Our dog collars, we use the Spay line. Our bracelets and everything else, we use the, the Rio and Scientific Angler.
2: Did this come up to you one night, like someone had some fly line laying around, and you just took it and made like—I once used it for shoelaces on a pair of boots.
3: You uh, is know that where it came from. Um, If anyone has spent time in Craig, Montana, there's only two bars and four fly shops and not much else to do. So when you're married to an outfitter, you know, you have a lot of time of just sitting around. And it just started, we started braiding some things and the lanyard got created and then we took it from there.
2: You want to give a plug to the outfitter?
3: Um, well, LG, his name's Lance Gleason, and he um, is the my business partner, and it's Four Hundred Six Outfitters. All
2: right. Where can we find Flylines online, social
4: media? Sure,
3: you can find us at um, www.flyvines.com. Www.flyvines, we have a Facebook page, and we are on Twitter. The handle is at Flylines.
2: So I've got some lines I'm swapping out right now. How do I go about getting them to you?
3: Um, on our on all of those pages. We have an address, but it is 429 South 1st Street West, Missoula, Montana, 59801. Again, you can go on our website or on our um, Twitter or Facebook page. And if you mail them to us, then we will send you a piece of product.
2: Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast.
3: You're welcome. You can also contact us at flyvines at hotmail.com. Hotmail? Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I just had
2: a client with Hotmail, and I'm like, I seriously?
3: It just weird about it. You know, we do have sales at flyvines.com, but everything says Hotmail. It's so, just, uh... I don't know. All
2: right. I'll
3: change it over. Don't Buzzfeed
2: worry. BuzzFeed should do, like, one of their retrospectives. That's all they do. Yeah. It should be like, remember Hotmail?
3: I know, right? So, yeah, appreciate it. Like I said, if you have any questions, contact us at flyvines at hotmail yeah. All right,
2: we're at the uh, Tacky Fly Box, and we have Tim here. Let's talk about this. Or see, innovative new product. Yeah, definitely.
5: So we uh, we were fortunate to have a lot of success through Kickstarter. That's how we got our start. So we're a brand new company, but basically, uh, we, me and a me and a friend, Kai and had uh, begun talking about developing a new fly box just because we didn't, you know, love everything about the ones that we had and one day came across the idea of silicone. Um, and so instead of the typical um, closed cell foam with slits, we started using um, silicone. We put some slits in the silicone, and what you find is that uh, with the silicone itself, with the slits, as you pull them out, you don't get the same memory that you get in foam. Foam wears out really quickly. It warps in, in extreme temperatures. And with the silicone and the adhesive that we've identified to use with it, you don't get any of those same issues at all. Um, so that's really uh, where, where the design idea come from and we we built it because we wanted to fish with something different and we've identified something we really love to fish with um, and, and so far the response has been great as well and lots of people are enjoying fishing with these.
2: Is it self-healing when you pull the fly out? Does it kind of go back together? So effectively yeah, it has, it has no real memory um, so uh,
5: because we have slits in the silicone, you push the fly down through you can pull a really large fly out um, and the slot, you can watch it either if you have a lot of flies sitting next together, the slot closes like me if you take it out and it's by itself it takes just a moment but it'll close um, as soon as you do that you can put in a really small you know a midge pattern in right behind it and it'll hold really really tight um, without any problems and what size boxes these are mostly so these small are seven, fly yeah mainly small fly so they're designed for we are from Utah we fish small streams or trout guys mainly uh, high country typically and and uh, what we what we wanted to fish with was a, a really slim design box we really like the super slim box that's on the market but it was is just a little bit too slim so we made ours just a little bit taller um, it's seven inches by three and a half inches wide um, it can house virtually any trout nymph um, almost all trout dries even large parachute dries it'll house without a problem um, and we're working on future applications for midge boxes streamers boxes uh, all, all the like um, so yeah right now it's just in the one size but there's
2: other sizes coming really soon where can we find oh, we'll start you said kickstarter yep. so how did that work how did you guys get this all off the ground uh, so Not, actually, as opposed to the mashed potato guy this week on Instagram uh, kickstarter I haven't heard of that one No, so he, he, he raised like $28,000 to make mashed potatoes well, or uh, potato salad, potato salad. <laughs> that uh, that uh,
5: makes me feel a little bit uh, <laughs> it makes it makes what we did feel a little bit less cool I guess but uh, in uh, we we had talked about it initially actually a good friend of ours named Sean Curtis um, had given us the idea that maybe this was something we could try through Kickstarter. Uh, we put it up there and actually doubled effectively our our uh, our, our goal um, really quickly. And what's been so cool is that we got the product uh, to our backers um, a little bit before scheduled. And everybody that we've talked to, we've had we'd had rave reviews. And shops have been coming to us because our backers have been so loyal so far that they've actually been going to shops and saying you guys need to carry these. And um, thus they've been been coming our direction, which has been been fun to, to be part of. Of, uh, we feel really fortunate to have to have that much support. So
2: I like the innovation in it, and that's what drives the business. But also the innovation of how you got it off the ground. Yeah, yeah it's been been really helpful. Um, I think uh, it's a model that a
5: lot of people are going to use in the future. I, I know. I mean, it's it's becoming bigger and bigger all the time. Um, but it, it has massive massive benefits because you have a built-in, really passionate group of people because they they proved with their with their wallet basically that they're that they think your idea is worthwhile. Um, are, there are drawbacks to that approach too, but I think the benefits far outweigh those drawbacks. Where can we find you online and social media? So www.tackyflyfishing.com, um, where you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com/backslash uh, or forward slash I guess uh, uh, Tacky Fly Fishing. Um, and on on our website, you can find the dealers that we are currently working with, and that will be rapidly expanding um, as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate the time.
2: All right, I've got Courtney here. I- I know him, as I said, from his beard, from Blue Halo gear. So you do fiberglass rods, which are pretty cool looking, and you got your lines. Um, What else do you do? And let's talk about your business.
6: Yeah, at first, when we first started, we were a pretty dynamic company. We wanted to start with a lot of things, you know, come out big with, like, a lot of products. Since then, we have honed in our product line. You know, before we sold fly reels and everything else. We've since discontinued those to focus more on our rods, which is sort of our bread and butter. The rods are awesome, though. We have seven different colors. We have three different sizes right now, a three-weight, a five-weight, and a seven-weight. The seven-weight's coming really soon, which will kind of be the opposite of what our smaller rods are. Right now, our smaller rods, our three-weight and five-weight, are very soft-action Super, super buttery, full flexing all the way through the cork. Our seven weights, a little bit the opposite. We're going to be throwing bigger bugs with those, so they're a little bit quicker action, more responsive. You can throw bigger lines with them. Um, also, you can fish the salt with them. as kind of a dynamic rod for bigger game fish, bigger uh, bugs and stuff like that so we have our whole lineup of of rods seven colors we also sell fly line and right now we have three different colors but we're probably going to focus more on just the two different colors our fly lines have a two-tone line so they're 90 feet half of it 45 feet of it is one color and 45 feet of it is a different color Our smaller lines, we sell in a double, a double taper um, for a kind of smaller creek-style fishing where you're not casting boot huge bombers like 60 feet, uh, more intimate, smaller, personal casts. Um, then you can flip the double taper around and kind of fish the other side once one side gets worn out. Um, but that's primarily what we do right now. We're focusing on rods and fly line, and we'll kind of expand our rod line up as you know as time progresses. But for right now, that's where we're at. Pretty intimate little nichey market. And the rod colors are just awesome. They They're really stand awesome. out. When you get them in the sun too, they like really really glow even in the dark like in you know in a low light situation they kind of take a darker kind of richer color tone to them so they're really kind of a dynamic look depending on what lighting situations you have
2: they're pretty, but they're just super. You know, they're functional also. <laughs> yeah. Where can we find you? Like I know you on Instagram, but social media and website. Yeah,
6: primarily uh, right now, Facebook. We're on uh, Blue Halo, Blue Halo on Facebook, Instagram. We're Blue Halo Gear, and our website, <coughs> excuse me, is Blue Halo Gear or BlueHaloStore.com. So yeah, check us out.
2: Thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Let's follow up with Daniel. We're at Tencar USA, and there's some new adjustable Tencar rods with some new bells and whistles on them, and they're lighter. So, Daniel, what's new? Yeah,
7: so uh, we are always playing with uh, rod designs and, um, you know, like people say that you cannot innovate much with simplicity, but we kind of wanted to show that, yeah. yeah, you can innovate with simplicity. And um, so we released two new rods that have an adjustable length. You can fish them at three different lengths. The first one is the Roto, which you can fish at 8 feet 10 inches, and then you pull out one extra segment, 9 feet 9 inches and 10 feet 6 inches. The second rod is the Sato which you can fish at 10 feet 8 inches 11 feet 10 inches or 12 feet 9 inches so those are triple zoom rods as we call them and the idea is just to give people more versatility with one rod you know so essentially you have three rods in one you have three different lengths in one rod Um, very very simple still you have the rod line and fly you know which you use in tenkara but all of a sudden, you have one rod that you can use in a very small stream. And then, when you come across this very open part of the stream, a wider, flatter part, you can extend it out and fish it longer. And then again, when you get to the tighter part of the stream, shorten the rod. So, that's the idea behind this, too.
2: You've been having a big year. I just finished Gyrax's new book, and you're in there, and there was
7: the video with him. Yeah, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's been an interesting thing for the for last several years. Some of the most experienced anglers in the country have taken up tankara. John Girac is one of them. He wrote his newest book, All Fishermen Are Liars, and there's a nice chapter on tankara on that. And he talks about me visiting him in Colorado and fishing together and learning, you know, him learning about tankara. We did a video interview together, which is pretty fun. You know, you don't see Girac on video all that often, so it was a nice one, too. To deal with them, uh, Dave Hughes just released uh, the second edition of his book, Trout from Small Streams, which is a very nice 25 page chapter on tankata. You know, also talking about learning tankata from me, which is to me is like the weirdest thing. You know, it's like I learned almost everything I know about fly fishing from Dave Hughes, and then he just wrote a book saying that he learned something from me. I was like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been a good year. Is been- that some new ink on your forearm? No. I've just never seen you with short sleeves. You might have not seen me with short sleeves. It's not that old. It's, um, I got that on my 30th birthday last year. It's a tenkara fly. You You're know just we... a young one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. get a picture of that for the blog. Um, do you
2: want to go into the World Cup? Okay, we'll skip that.
7: Um, so what else is going on for you? Uh, I should, we should probably give your listeners a little background that I'm actually from Brazil, and no, I don't want to go into the World Cup. I never really cared much about soccer, but this is a particularly bad year to talk about. I thought they should have put
2: Cafu back in. They should have brought him out of retirement.
7: They should have all had Tancara rods in their pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Golf fishing.
2: How's the show going for you? It's a pretty busy stretch here.
7: Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a good show. You know, IFTD and ICAST combined. Um, You know, it's uh, so we have all the fishing, you know, industry together. This year we have a larger booth, 20 by 10, with very high, you know, uh, back panels. So people like that, um, connecting with a lot of people and introducing them to Tenkara for sure. Getting more rods and more stores. You know, we're looking for the reason we're in the show is to kind of see the stores that are really interested in Tenkara. You know, we're not looking to open every shop in the country, but when they come here and they talk to us. We can see how enthusiastic they are about Ankara, and you know, if, and if they're a good fit, you know, we'll work with them. So, yeah, we're we're currently in about a little over 50 fly shops in the country. Uh, so we have a good retail presence. Um, we have a little room to grow, but still primarily direct to consumer sales. All uh,
2: right. And for those who don't follow on social media, where can we find you?
7: Um, so you can find us on TenkataUSA.com on social media like on Facebook.com Tenkara USA is our company name Twitter as well we're pretty active on social media I always like to say that we're much more than a Tenkata rod company you know we're in the storytelling business and we like to share the Tenkata story with customers and the new website
2: just launched more
7: more, uh, interactive yeah the new website I mean we launched the business five years ago it was time to redesign the new website and all with the idea of sharing to think out a story so we made it more interactive made the videos easier to find more content coming on a regular basis it's pretty sharp i think fantastic
2: all right thanks so much
7: well thank you so much Rob. thanks for coming by man
2: so so last year we did not get successful mountain khakis podcast so let's try this year we have steve with us let's talk about the the mountain lifestyle
8: Yeah, so Mountain Khakis was founded 11 years ago out of Jackson Hole. Taking the life untucked, taking yourself a little less seriously uh, in your everyday life. We work hard.
0: Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
8: We like to play a little harder, so we live a life untucked. We try to take that ethos of, the, you know, taking yourself casual, mountain lifestyle to your everyday activities and what you're doing, whether it's in the, on the coast, on the river, on the beach, to the boardroom, to the bar. Alan, before?
2: What? Were you with Alan Fly Fishing before? No. Okay. You remind me of someone else, but okay. Okay. Um, So let's talk about the products. We have soft goods, everything from bags, clothes, belts, hats.
8: Yeah, it's a a full apparel line from, uh, you know, our our tops have been a major driver of our business and a lot of people are beginning to know mountain khakis for the tops. So we have tops, bottoms, shorts, women's apparel. We got a full women's apparel line, bags, knives, um, everything all the way down to the mountain khaki branded stainless steel fly ask for your chocolate milk. Chocolate milk with Bailey's in it? Maybe. I mean, it's it's really up to you. It's really whatever you desire to put in said flask.
2: So I to say it was your khakis that were sort of. I uh, got your like, first notoriety, the the like the crotch fit. And Absolutely. That's how was that? that's like an engineered piece of clothing.
8: Absolutely. It started off with three pairs of pants: our original mountain pant, our Teton twill pant, and our Alpine utility pant. And it all started with a casual, everyday outdoor lifestyle apparel brand that with signature features such as our triple. Needle stitching, our gusset in our crotch that so gives you some extra ballroom. Some people like to call it a hotel pant. It gives you extra ballroom, bada bing. And
2: uh, that actually took me a second to get.
8: You got it. All right,
2: good, good. I'm glad you're with me. So
8: we got our signature mud flaps on our heels, so it gives you reinforcement on the heels. Um, all our all our waistbands are taped, so it's going to help hold the shape. We got a deep drill pockets, so they're easy to get into. We got a stacked right hand pocket on, on the right. Those are all what we call our signature features. You'll find those in most mountain khaki bottoms, but all started with the original mountain Panther Teton twill, and the Alpine utility pant.
2: Very nice. Do you know anything about the shirt I'm wearing now? Besides, like, it's probably the most lightweight shirt. I own. Yeah. That's why I wore it in this, this humid day outside.
8: Well, that is our granite creek shirt. It's 100% nylon. So it's going to be one of our lighter weight shirts. We actually have shirts that are lighter weight than that. But uh, it's 100% nylon, so it's going to be sun protective, lightweight, fast drying. It's got all the pockets that you're going to need for you know whatever your activity is in and around the water. Um, and it's, it's been a staple in our life.
2: What's new that your guys are showing off this year?
8: Follow me over here. And that's that's your weight. So what we got here is we have our brand new skiff shirt. So it's an ultra lightweight fabric. Whoa. With a four-way stretch.
2: Exactly. That's what it's, it's, it's like a, like a handkerchief you'd stuff in your fancy jacket pocket. It's like that thin. Oh yeah,
8: but it's got a four-way stretch. It's gonna give you full range of movement, full 30 UPF sun protection, vented on the top. And on the back, so you can get full of that cross-through ventilation. This is the ultimate in performance for in and around the water. Another thing that we're we're pairing it with, you know, kind of pairing it like a fine wine, is our cruiser shorts.
2: And, our, and those are not the coal shorts I'm wearing. These are actually functional.
8: Absolutely. So it's got all the Mountain Khaki signature features, but again with the stretch fabric. It's all about the stretch nowadays. So and especially in in, in guys' apparel, guys are learning something from from women's apparel that stretches all. It's comfortable, it allows you to have better uh, range of movement, it also gives you uh, clothes that are easier to care for. Because when was the last time you ironed?
2: In college, when there was an ironing room across from my hall. My, my dorm room had an ironing room wow. across from okay. it, so I would iron. But, so, yeah, since then, never.
8: Yeah, so, you know, guys guys don't iron. So anytime you put stretch into a piece of apparel, it's going to make it wrinkle-resistant. So it's not going to wrinkle. So you can pick it up off the floor, you know, off, uh, and you're going to be able to pop it right on and be able to wear it and look good.
2: Speaking of stretch, would you agree that yoga pants are the bacon of the clothing world?
8: Uh, yes, yes, indeed, yes. Bacon is meat candy, and uh,
2: yoga pants are eye candy. Mm-hmm fantastic um, yeah so you get some nice colors out here who are the the designers is it, it's all like you know employee driven oh, absolutely
8: so our, our design team is led by Noah Robertson he is one of the co-founders of mountain khakis so has been around from the very beginning and then we also have a team of three other people out of our Jackson offices there so um, and then so we got we got two, two men two male designers two female designers that, that kind of lead it all up
2: Where can we find you guys on social
8: media and web? Uh, well obviously uh, on our website mountain com you can also find us uh, on Facebook Instagram the whole, the whole nine so we got a mountain khakis Facebook page um, and you know come like us on Facebook you find all the latest greatest deals and contests and fun ways to engage mountain khakis and then come visit us
2: online and then also on our catalog and I got to appreciate you guys being on uh, Pro guide direct as well
8: absolutely those guys are our, those guys are our friends we got to take take care of our people in this industry Cool. All right.
2: Well, thanks so much. Thanks, you. We're with a man that needs no introduction from you know, growing up, Saturday morning TV. We have Flip Pallet from Walker K Chronicles. How's the show going for you today?
9: God, it's never long enough. Never, ever long enough. I feel like Willy Wonka in a chocolate factory. Well,
2: if you feel like that, imagine us talking to you. You shaped so many of us growing up.
9: I mean, I've had you guys fooled since you were little.
2: I used to wake up hungover in high school just early enough to watch your show.
9: Well, It was a good run. It was 16 years. So how old are you? 37. 37. Okay, so I got you when you were a young teenager.
2: All through college. And and now ESPN in the mornings, it sucks. It's, it's not what it was. We would get up in college, you know, my roommates and I, and we would watch the shows. It's not there anymore.
9: Yeah, the bar is very low. Um, and I'm shocked that the networks would permit some of the programming that they evidently embrace. I'm shocked.
2: And most of it now is just sports pundits. I'd rather have educational, learning, seeing things, than having guys just talk about a basketball game from a week ago.
9: Yeah. yeah no, I understand exactly what you're saying. Well, you never know. Something good may, may come along and surprise us all.
2: And also, I fished on one of your original turquoise flats boats with Mike Carrier in Key Largo 16 years ago.
9: Oh, my goodness, yeah. That was a, that was a boat that I was building at the time called uh, Wind River Skiff. And uh, I think Mike still has that boat, I think. And so you're now with Hells Bay? Uh, I've been with Hells Bay. I started Hells Bay with, with two partners, uh, and then we sold it. But I'm still with Hells Bay, yes.
2: Is that what occupies most of your time now? hour
9: no no I, I still do a lot of consulting for hell's bay but i also consult for yeti and tfo rods and Costa sunglasses and some destinations and so and i do hosted trips and writing and so i'm, I'm keeping busy
2: life is good life is very good it sure is What was the... I mean, Walker's Cay, what was that... How did that become the destination, sort of the namesake for the TV show? What was so special about that area?
9: Well, it it is the northernmost point in the Bahamas. So it's very remote, and the fishing is very good. And uh, the man who owned the island, uh, became our financial partner in producing the series. So we named it after the island in order to attract attention to the island, tourism to the island, and it worked out very well for, for quite a long time.
2: Kind of running out of questions. I'm on my second beer at the show, so. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're, are you just you're gonna be hanging out, walking around, enjoying everything?
9: Uh, well, I have several people that I have to be
2: with while I'm here, so including including Yeti. So. Right, was it? Did you work on the TFO Mangrove? I did. Right, that's that's my new go-to rod to endorse for my clients on the Potomac River. Yeah,
9: that was a rod that I designed for them.
2: Stiff. It can throw big flies. The wind has it'll cut through the wind with no no worries.
9: I'm glad you like that rod. Very glad.
2: All right. Well, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Sure. All right, so we're in light. We're doing a a brief podcast. We're going to do a big one over maybe some pints and oysters in Charleston in a couple weeks. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. David Babb, uh,
10: president and CEO of Flying the Flats Incorporated. A brand new Charl- uh, Charleston company, lifestyle, coastal lifestyle apparel company. Nice. Introducing some new products to the market here shortly. Hopefully being be in a few stores into July with a website launching early August.
2: Social media. Your business card's got some Twitter and other things. So we- Twitter,
10: Instagram, Facebook. Facebook probably has the biggest following so far.
2: Yeah. What's the uh, inspiration for your clothing just low country living low country living but there's honestly
10: more to it than that um, I've been trying to get into dental school for about three years and after two years of getting an from that I had to decide what I want to do with my life and I've always been an avid outdoorsman and fisherman uh, a few years prior to this I learned to fly fish so I haven't done it all my life but right from the beginning I uh, loved it. And moved to Charleston, started flat fishing for redfish uh, in the same places that my grandfather took me when I was young, my- McClellanville, Amandai. Um And one day, actually, the name just came to me, Flying the Flats, and it took probably a little over a year to find the right manufacturers to be able to do the minimums that we wanted to do. Uh, we did everything from the ground up, choosing colors, finding fabric, outsourcing. Um, but a lot of our products now are made right here in South Carolina, and we're trying to keep a lot of stuff local. Um, and we're trying to really bridge the gap between fishing and then also uh, like formal wear because we want you to be able to go out on the water, water and have a
2: nice day fishing and then come back to a restaurant and be able to sit down and have a nice meal,
10: something like that.
2: Isn't it nice? I mean, I know it's hard being an entrepreneur, but being your own boss, is it not like it's the greatest? It's the best. Um, and right now,
10: we, we don't really have any full-time employees, so I'm kind of the boss and the one
2: getting getting pushed around doing doing everything myself. But yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I used to get chewed out. Like, my old boss, you guys can hear this on the podcast, so my boss would dictate verbatim an email to me. I would send it to the client and CC him. Five minutes later, I get pulled into his office. How dare you? We don't write like this at Booze Out. And by the way, Michael Austin, I'm going to call him out. Uh, I hated corporate life. And that's one of the reasons why I became what I am. Now, I'm going to tell you another story off, off the podcast. I might get in trouble legally, but yeah. Um, so we're in line right now. We're hoping to get a nice, nice, nice tumbler. A little Rambler from Yeti, uh, one of their newest products out. You
10: know, one of my friends uses the, hers uh, for a couple of mixed drinks. It stays cool pretty much every, all day. <laughs> so I'm about to try that myself. And I believe it's full of beer.
2: Uh, yes, I'm hoping this one is going to be. Yeah. All right, so again, where can we find you guys on social media and online? Coming soon? Coming soon to
10: www.flyintheflats.com. No G. No G. We do not use correct grammar around here. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We may be getting a Google Plus account here shortly. But definitely check us out, the website, and some retail stores in Charleston, Sumter, and Spartanburg, South Carolina.
2: And I can get some fireworks some down that way, right? Of course. (laughs) Of course. And, yeah, come on down, and we'll go fishing one day. Heck, yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. So we're in line right now for uh, the Yeti Cups. We have Charles of KBB Outfitters. Let's talk about what you do and as well as your podcast.
11: What's up, guys? So uh, my name is Charles Levi, a.k.a. Redfish Chuck. I do uh, kayak fishing radio Monday nights at 8 o'clock online, uh, kayakfishingradio.com. been doing it for about four years now. I also fish professionally for Hobie Kayaks and a bunch of other brands. And uh, just chilling here at ICAST in line waiting to get one of these sweet-ass Rambler Cups. I'm pretty stoked to get it free nice cup anytime you get free stuff it's awesome but whenever you can get a free rambler that's made by wizards and unicorns it's incredible
2: so let's talk about your podcast what uh, no look. What, what are you using to record yours I didn't hear you brother One more time. when you record your podcast what do you use it
11: oh it, we go through blog talk radio so it's all it's all just done on automatically online it's a service that we that uh, hosts our shows and within a minute or two of hanging up our show it goes it goes uh, straight to iTunes for download uh, our podcast is free our downloads are free on iTunes and uh, like I say it's really easy real simple to listen to we also have an integrated chat room so if you listen live you can also get involved with what's going on with the show ask questions and that kind of thing so it's cool
2: Are fly anglers allowed to be involved too? Absolutely Is there any other kind of angler? Not really. My friend Rebecca likes to throw a spinning rod. Yeah,
11: yeah, it's for lames. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do everything, man. So I fly fish and, and throw spinner uh, spinning rods, casting rods, everything. dude. blue water fish, but kayaks truly are my uh, are my thing. So, which kayak brand are you using again?
2: Hobie kayaks. Right. Yeah, man. Do you? uh, Jesus, I'm throwing a blank here. Hold on a second. What's oh, her name? I interviewed her already. Yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Ashley Ray. Yeah, you know Ashley? Yeah, I know Ashley. Yeah, yeah, she was a cool. great,
11: great podcast. Yeah, yeah, she's excellent. I've had her on as a guest a couple of times and she's every now and again she'll pop into the chat room and you'll just see A Ray or Ashley Ray, whatever in the chat room, and people kind of freak out because she's somewhat of a celebrity in the kayak world, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, she that mu-
2: she's caught musky, I mean as big as her.
11: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's uh she's definitely living life, man. She's on top of the world right now and she does a great job. She's got that T V show too as well, which is which is awesome, man. She's doing great things up there in Canada. How's the show going for you so far? It's been excellent, man. As, as well as can be expected. It's uh, I love it when it comes back to Orlando. The show tends to be a little bit better, better attendance. You know, more vendors, and uh, I'm glad it's going to be here for I guess another couple of years.
2: Got it doing in DC, so I don't have to commute. Yeah. Dude, you can do some major kayak fishing in DC.
11: I've actually seen a couple of sick videos done in downtown DC. Guys fly fishing for, I guess, stripers and stuff like that, and it was pretty sick, dude. So yeah, I'm I'm totally cool with traveling wherever I can go. This is this is my vacation without the family. Every year, this is this is what I look forward to, kind of my getaway. So I'm down for whatever.
2: All right. Well, enjoy. Uh... Your eye cast and enjoy your new Rambler. Thanks, brother. You too. To what? Say hi on my podcast. Sure. All right, we're getting some free beers at Yeti. We have Shaw with us. How's it going?
5: It's doing great, man. Handing out the best cup
2: in the world, yeah, the so, Yeti Rambler. So Yeti's got you pouring or giving out free cups? Wow. Free cups. Free cups. All right. <laughs> no, sorry, I was. To <laughs> hey, hand me a beer or hand me yeah. a cup. I don't know which one. Here, right. we're gonna swap with you right there, there you and do. you get the brand new Rambler, man. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. So we just got a, a beer from Shaw. Now we're with Peter from Bass to Billfish. Let's talk about your TV show. Well, thanks
12: a lot. It's great meeting you. And uh, my, my show kind of incorporates uh, broad demographic. You know, we've got young kids fishing, and we've got elderly people fishing, first-timers, hardcore anglers. We bring everybody down to Florida and give them the trip of a lifetime. And that's really the goal, everything from bass to billfish. I'll take them freshwater fishing, and I'll take them day-dropping for swordfish in 2,000 feet on the very same show. So it's very expansive and it's It's, you know, fishing genre, if you will. How, does, how do the people, though, I guess the guests,
2: you would say, how do they, they get involved in the show? Does someone have to write in? Do you find the people to go fishing
12: with? Uh, to be a, con- a guest on the show, we, they submit videos via YouTube. So you upload a YouTube video, and then you email us the link to info at bass billfishcom And we get the emails we send to our producers, and they all check it out and uh, show your personality. You don't have to know how to fish. Just be cool on camera, and it's a done deal. Fantastic. What are some of your most memorable shots you guys have done? We caught a 13-foot sawfish recently, which I've never caught one in my life, and then to catch a 13-footer, and the girl who caught it was a first-time angler from California, and she wound on this fish for close to two hours, and it's kind of an epic catch. It's like catching a dinosaur, basically. That was pretty extreme, and then I shot a show with my daughter recently, 10 years old, and she caught a uh, three-permit out on the wreck sight-casting with crabs off Sanibel, and one of them was about a 30-pounder. Sounds pretty cool.
2: That's pretty cool. My daughter's, well, she's three, she's only caught bluegill.
12: Well, you know what? The thing is my daughter could catch a thirty-pound permit and the very next day catch a bluegill and she would be just as happy. She doesn't care. She'll be look look at the colors, look at the scales, they're just as interested. I've got
2: her using my first rod too. So I'm like bringing it back around for her. Perfect. That's that's you know, that's the way to do it. So on that sawfish, how big was the actual I don't see
12: rostrum or the, the bill part of the saw? The saw I would probably say stood about four or four or five feet, four and a half feet. And and this, this fish stood up on its tail, basically, in really shallow water, like 12 feet of water. And it sucked its bill out of the water and wagged so hard, it was almost impossible to see how fast it was until you slow it down on camera. So we looked at the edit, and you saw this thing going back and forth. It would easily cut your arm or your leg or your head off. I mean, cut you in half with the amount of force that this thing could, you know... Oh, it was incredible. So, we, we filmed a
2: short movie about fly fishing in DC, and I noticed fish don't like cameras. How have you avoided that to be able get enough footage for multiple TV shows?
12: Well, it's really hard to sleep the night before, and you hope for the best. You plan as best you can. You bring every kind of bait, every lure, you get the best guides, and you just hope for the best. So, with planning and preparation, you know, and a lot of luck, you can make it happen. We've been fortunate. To make it happen for 40 shows now, or 43 shows, um, we only film one to two days of fishing for every show. Um, so we've had we've had some good luck. There are shows that we haven't caught what we've gone after, and we didn't catch that trophy fish, but the experience for the guests was so good that it makes the show what it is, and it's about getting people outdoors, having fun, introducing people to new experiences, bringing them to Florida, the fishing capital of the world, and it's like a win-win for everybody, even though you don't catch that trophy trophy. That sounds like a pretty rewarding job. It's a very rewarding job. I don't even care to catch fish on my own anymore. I want to put people on the fish. Watching them catch their first one is like the most special thing you can you know have happen. Do you guys have specific boats you go out on? Yeah, Yellowfin is my boat sponsor. Uh, i got Mercury's on the back, and then I've got Raymarine Electronics, and that's our setup from a 17-foot uh, flats boat all the way to a 42-foot Yellowfin. Those are the boats we use in the shows.
2: I love to hear what sponsors you have too so name names and okay. give
12: them a shout out uh, visit florida is the fl- official tourism organization for the state and they're one of my biggest sponsors and we shoot all the shows in florida and then of course i've got bass pro shops pet boys mazda salt life ray marine mercury yeti um, fish and wildlife yellowfin boats so we have we've got a nice good nice group of uh, sponsors that we're working with very fortunate how did you hit the lottery doing this it's you know the funny thing is it's not a lottery what it is it's actually putting your head down and going to work and marketing there's everybody in here is a good fisherman everyone there's a lot of pros in here and I don't sell myself as a pro I am a pro bill fisherman I catch sailfish I've done that my whole life competing in tournaments we've won close to four million dollars in sailfish tournaments but all these fishing shows are about marketing if you can't market and bring in the money to shoot it edit it put it on the air you don't have anything and you have to be able to sustain it so it takes literally seven days a week and that's how much I work on the show and especially when your name's attached to it Bastard Billfish with Peter Miller there's no one to answer to but me at the end of the day anyone has a problem with the show they come to me whether my editors do it whether my you know somebody does something my guests they come to me so I gotta be sure that it's on the money fantastic
2: alright well I'm gonna let you go Looks like you guys got work to do But thanks for joining me Alright, thank you very
12: much I appreciate it
2: Side note, things are gonna get hazy I'm several beers in um, But we're gonna talk to Apparently this is Miss Ecuador So let's see how this goes Uh, Curvy, hashtag curvy So we have Alessia here She's also with Basta Billfish How did you get involved in the show?
13: Um, You want the truth? You want the truth? Okay, so as you know, Peter Can I tell him you're a model?
2: What? <laughs> I, I was telling my friends, I was like, if my wife was here, I'd have to keep her off. Of <laughs> keep better because now, it's that time of the month I'm super She's <laughs> <laughs>
3: ovulating. He, I
2: am. I'm going to get a picture. Copulate. Hold on. I'm going to send a picture of you to my wife right now.
13: Of yeah. uh, me? No, no, no. Man. No, him. Yeah, there you yeah.
2: go. Yeah, that <laughs> be, Ready? That would be bad. No. You got to yeah, do you know, your, gotta like, you got to do Mr. Handsome pose. Ready? Yeah. And that you're in an express suit is make her even more happy. Yeah. So how did you get involved?
13: So Peter is a host, and I am a host as well. We have the same agent.
2: Hostess with the mostess?
13: Absolutely right. You got that right. So he, we have the same agent, and that's how we started working together, hosting together, about three years, no, three and a half years ago. And I would beg him, like, every time I would work with him, I'd be like, please take me fishing because obviously this is what he does, you know? And I had never been fishing, being from Ecuador, never gone fishing, living in the Carolinas All that
2: cold years. upwelling water on the coast, all the amazonian all the andes runoff Isn't that I, I could go off in ecuador Isn't that I, I know a lot yeah
13: I so i never went fishing in ecuador never went fishing in the carolinas after living there for 10 years so when i started working with him i was like please you gotta take me fishing for for three years he never did so finally when mikey came on board mikey is uh peter's assistant I just got
2: this. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> um flip
13: you your badge we
2: your badge. I can't read it.
13: We finally went shark fishing for the first time. And then we went tarpon fishing in the keys. Where do we go? Bahia Honda. Bahia Honda.
2: My wife broke my Nikon at Bia Honda.
13: Oh no. Your Nikon?
2: She dropped my Nikon there.
13: That's bad. It's
2: beautiful down. That white sand.
13: And it was perfect, there was perfect conditions, it was perfect weather. Perfect time of the year to go tarpon fishing. And it was my my first time really fishing. And I did not know what to expect and what like what it was gonna be like the fight that they put up it was incredible crazy I couldn't hold on to the thing for like longer than three minutes I was like no I mean I did okay for like the first two minutes your
2: forearms it's different muscle memory your forearms start burning there's some guns here hold on a second you can listen to them
13: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um uh, tarpon fishing was awesome and that was really my first time fishing so it was good it was a good experience
2: i've only hooked one tarpon and it broke me off but how
13: many did we catch four for
4: seven
2: four for seven
4: yeah good odds seven up to 140 pounds
2: I remember when I used to weigh hundred. That was the good old days of one forty. Yeah. That's never gonna happen again.
13: No, me neither.
2: There goes Daniel. Do you know Daniel? No. He's a good guy. I don't know Daniel. Yeah, so you get to travel all over Florida and you get a fish.
3: Well that's the premise of the show, yeah. We're sponsored by Visit Florida, so we feature different areas around the state.
2: I might have to submit my own YouTube video for you guys.
13: I think you need to. I can show my over. guns, you know. <laughs> my on wife video. will
2: be. My wife wants. She's, she's gonna be like, "Oh, Peter needs some sunscreen. Let me rub it on <laughs> his back. His pecs need it too."
13: He rubs it on for him. That's where that's where Mikey's
2: are. For. Okay, so a Galapagos story. Tell me. 93, we're in the Galapagos, and a, a very beautiful male frigate bird. Um, I'm, we're gonna use profanity now. It shit all over my friend. Um, my friend's back, yes. and uh, and Dorothy on the boat is like. Oh, Steven, you have sunscreen on your back that nobody oh, rubbed no. in. And she rubbed frigatebird guano all over him.
4: That's terrible. That is terrible. That's like the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh just getting God. shit rubbed all over your back. Oh my gosh, shit back.
2: I've got to remind her that on Facebook. Uh. Shit
13: back. Shit back.
2: <laughs> so do you have your own social media sites where you can follow your adventures?
13: I do. It's uh, Which one do you want? Actually, they're all the same.
2: Throw them all out there.
13: They're all the same. Twitter and Instagram. Is at Alessia Andrade, but I'm gonna spell it out for you since that was a uh, that wasn't my sexy accent. We
2: might have some gringos out there, yeah, so. right?
13: So it's at A-L-E-S-S-I-A, A-N-D, R-A-D-E, Alessia Andrade.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so have you been back to the homeland?
13: Uh, yeah, at least once a year, I try to go.
2: One of the weirder things I noticed down there, there was uh, a Hooters.
13: There was in, in
2: Quito, and I was wondering if it's like little Quechua woman with black hats on serving Do you wings. Black Quechua? I used to know. I could wow. almost speak Quechua back in the day. I was That's down there for a impressive. month, so I picked a lot up.
13: That's impressive. It's good.
2: Do you like tree tomatoes?
1: Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment.
13: Oh my god! Yeah. Really? Yeah, the the tomatoes that the the, the ones that look like um like tears almost.
2: They're, they're so vile.
13: Oh my god! You're crazy. I love them. They're like almost my favorite fruit. I make ceviche out of them. I make juices. I eat them raw.
2: Dios are mio! We talking
13: about the same tomato. Yeah.
2: The, the Ecuadorian tree tomato. Right.
13: I gotta I gotta make you some of my of my specialties and you'll like them.
2: Alright, but I don't need seafood or fish or anything.
13: I can make you a juice. Okay. Yeah. That'll work. You and your wife. Yeah. She'll like that. That's
2: why we're going to Charleston. She wants seafood. Charleston. So where would you suggest we go in Charleston?
13: I don't I was just asking your friend about Charleston, oh, I never don't really been? know. But he said the uh, indigo?
2: I think so. I don't know. My wife. I don't know anything about... The indigo. I, I just want indigo. biscuits, grits, and shrimp I'm going to eat oysters. Grits. you
13: got to get shrimp and grits.
2: I don't eat seafood. Why well, eat oysters, so not shrimps? Yeah. And
13: have your wife eat the shrimp.
2: I'm going to punish some oysters down there, too. There
13: you go. I love oysters.
2: All right, so where, again, can we find Bastabile Fish?
13: Uh, where can you find Bastabile Fish? On NBC Sports. Every has, Saturday.
2: Has there been, like, an awful place you've been to where the fishing was just deplorable?
13: I've only been fishing twice. So...
2: Wait, you've been fishing twice and you jumped seven tarpon
13: i mean i we all collectively did
2: i've been fishing once and jumped a tarpon
13: right two
2: that's rather criminal
13: right i know it's pretty impressive did you see my guns
2: yeah i saw them we got them on <laughs> on audio now you gotta get we'll, we'll on get a camera. picture of them for the blog too
13: sounds good sounds all good right.
2: thank you so much
13: thank you good ask
2: Update, I've been standing next to Larry Dahlberg. He's talking to some people for like 40 minutes, but it's a good get, so let's see how it goes. Right now, he's got a... TV show on
14: Saturday mornings. You want to talk about where we can find you and what you do? It's Into the Blue. We're on Destination America, NBC Sports, Fox Sports, and uh, Sportsman's Channel. How'd you hit the lottery and get a TV show? A uh, lot of hard work fishing my whole life. What do you mostly fish? What's, what's your favorite species? Uh, uh, sailfish. Any bill, any billfish, but sailfish in particular in South Florida. Catching them with kites, trolling them. I whatever it takes to catch them.
2: That's like someone saying, oh, I only date six. With Swedish blonde bikini models. You
14: have to be one what my favorite fish was. I told you. I, I catch them all. Trust me. I have a charter boat business at Hawksgate Resort. At, it's uh, it says Oklahoma. Uh, that's our sponsor, Navico. Uh, okay. One of our uh, electronic sponsors. Okay. Yeah, we uh, we're, we are uh, represented by Yellowfin Yacht Simrad, Under Armour, Yeti. Several others. Now, I wish Under Armour, if you're listening,
2: they don't do pro deals for guides. It's a little upsetting. I want to get yoga pants for my wife.
14: <laughs> well, you, uh, underarmour.com. <laughs> that's the best way. That's how I get it, too. They send me stuff to film with, and other than that, that's the way it goes. They're, they're pretty big. What's the least favorite fish you've caught? For uh, me, needlefish. There is no I despise. I don't. All right, the uh, catfish. Okay. When I get stuck in my net, that's that's uh, so that's annoying. Yeah, their fins are... They get cu- yeah, might as well throw like the net away when you when you make a bad throw on mullet and come up with nothing but catfish. <laughs> uh, worst place you've ever fished? For me, Martha's Vineyard. There's nothing there. Oh, every place I've ever fished, I caught something. So if, it's, if it's blue, we catch it. Midas touch. <laughs> All right. Um, how's ICAST going for you? Really good, the sponsors are really receptive. We had a great 2014, and we're getting ready for 2015. We start filming in two weeks in Louisiana for 10 days and we're going to have some great new marlin stuff and tuna stuff for uh, january 1st when uh, into the blue starts brand new how far offshore do you have to go in louisiana for those we can expect to go 100 if we have to fish into oil rigs this will be our third time visiting louisiana but uh, some days at 30 to 40 miles you can find the fleet of shrimp boats and uh, hit pay dirt right there fantastic yeah it's good stuff where can we find you guys online in social media sites? Uh, we are into Blue TV on Twitter, into blue, hashtag into Blue TV. We're, uh, again, we're on four different channels 52 weeks a year That's uh, Sportsman Channel, Fox Sun Sports, Destination America, and NBC Sports. Thanks for joining us. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, small world. So I live in Annandale and you grew up in Annandale? Yeah, I graduated in 1981. I was born at Fairfax Hospital. My mom's still there in DC. See what you grew up to Annandale? I went to India High School, yeah. I used to teach there. Did you really? Yeah. Yep. Biggest I- bunch of shits I've ever met. <laughs> I was there in the heyday when football was real there, you know, in the 70s and 80s. We Ooh had my God. one of the top football teams in the United States of America, not just in not just in Virginia. Wow. Uh, Coach Hardage, It was great stuff. Coach Adams isn't doing it this year. <laughs> I haven't been back uh, since my 30th, so 35th's coming up already. Just like that. Small world. <laughs> Alright, so uh, last year did not have microphone We're with Larry
2: Dahlberg from the Hunt for Big Fish and the Dahlberg Diver and musky Balsa Lures. How's your show going for you? Uh,
15: which show? This one or... This show the- right now. Uh, I can't wait to get home. For fishing? Yeah, of right course. Here, are you still up north? Yeah. Uh, No, I'm in Orlando right now, but I live in uh, Taylors Falls, Minnesota. So uh, we discussed last
2: year, you probably don't remember, but my favorite scene from all of your shows, besides the balloons with tarpon at that really dodgy camp, was you hooked a peacock bass, and it swam under some trees in the Amazon, and you dove into that water, and there's a long pause with maybe a couple bubbles, and you come up with the fish. And you hold it up to the camera, and it was just, it was epic for me. That you dove in to catch a fish that was tangled in a tree.
15: Here's what the deal was. Uh, I used to, I'd hire a cameraman by the show, okay? And we'd go on a on a, on a trip, and, oh, thank you. We'd go on a trip, and and he would get paid by the piece. If he misses a key shot, he doesn't get paid. If I screw up, he still gets paid, and I needed an extra show, and I wanted to do a fly show, and I knew I had uh, three or four hours left to fish, In one morning, that's all we've got left. And I knew one place where there was a big fish that I knew I could catch. I went there, it bit. And uh, when you hook a peacock with a small boat, it pulls the boat. You don't you don't pull the fish to the boat. You pull the boat to the fish because they're lightweight boats. So it gets caught under the tree. I need this fish. So I dove down and got it.
2: Now, when did your show go from the five-minute segment at the end of the shows to, like, having your own show and now... The full, full-length episodes.
15: When I, I was on ESPN for many years, and uh, well, I did short segments. Uh, and then when I switched to the Outdoor Life Network, and then later became Versus, and now it's NBC, and uh, that's when I switched.
2: So, we, like, you would travel to Africa and you catch Nile perch. Did the rest of the footage go somewhere, or is it just all cut down
15: to a five-minute segment? I think we did several episodes, but I have miles of footage that no one has ever seen uh, thousands of thousands of footage and now that you know you're from the north country or musky
2: has musky now become such a big popular game fish i see it on social media you've got the tfo musky rod that blaine designed it's really becoming like the new cold water winter target
15: species I've been catching muskies on flies since I was a teenager, probably in the 60s, 70s. I've got hundreds. I tried to promote it then, and it was unpromotable because there weren't enough muskies. In the last... uh, fifteen years or so there's been a phenomenal uh, increase in the number of muskies available to anglers and the reason for that is an uh, uh, an organization basically called muskies Inc they have chapters all over the country Uh, they uh, are interested in uh, habitat they are interested in putting muskies where they would survive and do well. Uh, many of our large predators got knocked off early, and, and they never come back. You need to re- reintroduce a large predator to the systems. And uh, for example, in Minnesota, we had a half a dozen, handful maybe, of lakes that had indigenous muskies. Now we have dozens and dozens. And unlike in the past, where people used to kill them all, now there's probably 98, 99 percent live release. And so we have way more muskies than we have ever had. We have better equipment we've ever had. We We've got more big muskies than we've ever had, and so it only stands to reason. Fishermen fish for what's available, and muskies are really fun. make your heart beat faster.
2: I fished for them once. I I spent $100 on terminal tackle, and I was like... And it was it was awful. But I'm going to try again for them. Um, so you're, you're Dahlberg Diver. Can you discuss how you came about developing that, trials and errors, and why it's now one of the favorite
15: lightweight largemouth flies? There was a, a lure, a musky lure made years ago called a Suick. It was invented by an old dude named Frank suwick And it uh, has a funny bent tail, and when you jerk it, it dives, Stop. Rises back up, and was lethal on muskies. And I wanted to—I had this big, large moth I was trying to catch, and uh, it would follow my poppers, but he wouldn't bite. And what I was trying to do is, I was trying to create a fly that would uh, go below the, when a fish comes up on it, I wanted it to go below his line of vision. And I, I used to build kites and airplanes and all that stuff as a kid. I was really into that kind of thing, and tying flies and making lures and blah, blah. And so I wanted to come up with a design that I could cast, that I could also make dive. And I tried all sorts of... Things. And I finally came up with the collar, the diving collar, which allows the fly to flow right side up, and it is also flexible enough so it's self-adjusting, so when you cast it, it bends down, so you can make it cast easily, and in the water, as you accelerate it, it will adjust itself so it doesn't track off. And anyway, I boom, boom, in my dock, I was a, uh, I was guiding Smallmouth when I was 11 years old, I had a full-time job.
2: I might get run over here.
15: And... I lived on a on a on a, on a lake and uh, I was probably I don't know was 16 17 years old and uh, I had figured out this fly, and I just worked on my dock, so I quick jumped in my boat and I went over to this big largemouth I was after, I made a cast, bloop, 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 he followed it, I gave it a strip, blah, 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 under the water, boom, he hit it. The first fish I caught on it was a six-pound, eight-ounce largemouth, and then I had to jump in my car and hurry up and get up to uh, this river where I guided smallmouth, and I had the president of 3M with me. And uh, the water was very high, conditions were difficult, and uh, we and I gave his friend a fly, not a diver, but one uh, with a, it's before anybody knew what Flashaboo was, and I had these streamers, and I gave his buddy one, and his buddy catches a great big smallmouth, and now it's like, oh crap, I gotta go get this guy a fish, and I had to pole him up this tributary, because I knew there was a bunch of them up there, and I get him, I pole him a mile and a half up this body, of what we, fishing in this eddy, and this no fish so I said here tie this thing on and he looks at it it's this goofy looking head with a bunch of flashaboo out the back and he says what the hell is this stupid looking thing I said just put it on and I had tied it on a Aberdeen hook. That's all I had. It was a fairly light Aberdeen hook. And this guy was a crummy uh, caster, and he had a 10 weight, so he had a lot of slack in his line when it landed all the time. And anyway, he throws it out, he's got slack. Current catches the, the line, the fly goes, wow! A smallmouth hits it, he jerks. The fly goes flying out of the fish's mouth and lands on the wrong side of the boat, and then he spins around in his chair to retrieve his line, and the fly catches current and goes bam, and another one hits it, and he catches it, and he turned to me and he says, Lair, I think you got something here. But the funny part of this, five days ago, I was fishing the water, was really, really high, like it was back that's 35, 40 years ago in this place. I decided to take my buddy. He's got MS, He's a friend of mine, and I like to fish with him up to this place because the water levels were the same, crazy high. I made three casts in the same place, and I caught the largest smallmouth bass I have ever seen in my life.
2: Looks like we're gonna see a picture of it.
1: When I was there.
2: Oh, my goodness. Can I take a picture of that? Sure. My goodness.
15: You notice arms are bent. This is shot with a... That's bigger than my
2: three-year-old. Uh, There's a dog next to it. It's bigger than the dog. Uh,
15: my dog is Mojo, actually her Majesty, and uh, she weighs about 85, 80 pounds. This fish is uh, just, under, just short of 26 inches. Wow. The world record's 27. Uh, I don't know what it weighed, but I I put it on Facebook. And somebody said, you're holding your arms out. I said, oh. No, they're bent. Somebody else said, well, then it it has to be uh, Photoshopped. So I answered, uh, well, I was there, and I don't believe it either.
2: That's a huge fish. Oh Alessia's looking at it now.
13: That is huge. Holy shit. Here to the dog. Wow. Oh, my God. When was that? How how did that
15: happen? Five days ago uh, in my backyard where I used to guide in Minnesota. Minnesota.
13: Wow. it's pretty impressive.
15: Is there like a place
2: you fish that you're like, it's lousy, I'm not going back to ever?
15: Uh, Yeah, but uh, I probably erased it from uh, my mind. There was a place uh, somewhere in Brazil that they told me there was giant peacock bass, like 30 pounders, and we went all, and I've caught uh, two over 30. Turns out, after this big, huge traveling here there, it's a little pothole about five acres out in the middle of a field, and it's full of paku. <laughs> there were no peacocks in you know?
2: there. Those are the ones that'll eat your gonads, right? Paku, nah. They eat nuts that fall off the trees. But they've I guess bitten people, they've been like their pets. Like one was dumped in a pond in New Jersey and bit a guy's testicles.
15: Well, yeah, they eat nuts that fall off of trees. Yeah. That's what they do.
2: Cause they, they, I've seen them like dumped in reservoir and stuff in the states.
15: Yeah, you can attract them if you take your, your index finger and go boop, 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 boop on the surface. Uh, you can, they'll come up and think it's a nut. How did you get into the whole
2: TV production?
15: Like a knuckleball headed toward home plate taking the path of least resistance. I never planned to do it. I've got a, a bachelor of science degree with a, a, math, a major in creative writing. I have a BS degree in English. And I fished all my life, and uh, most writers can't fish, and most fishermen can't write, and so it was a just seemed like a good combination. But I never had any plan to do it at all, ever.
2: How many years have you been like? How long has it this been your source of income that you've been able to live off of being a fisherman?
15: Since I was 11 years old. Oh my god! I, I got a job as a full-time guide when I was 11 years old. And uh, my clients, uh, the president of 3M, uh, the president of Coca-Cola, the vice president of General Electric, president of the Minnesota Mutual Life Insurance Company, uh, some pretty cool guys. And it was a wonderful education. I just thought they were a bunch of dumb, fat old city guys because what do they need, need me for? I'm 11 years old. You know, if they knew how to fish, they'd get a boat. But I didn't realize, you know, they were the... But I got to know him well, and uh, uh, that's how I got started, just as a guide. And then I went into the manufacturers' rep business. I was in the retail business for a while, and then uh, I was asked to write for a few magazines, and I wrote some articles. And then the guys at In Fisherman uh, wanted me to do some TV stuff with them, and I did. And then they offered me a job to produce TV shows. And I didn't know what I didn't know what I was doing, but it was. Uh,
2: you had it over would you choose anything else besides like applying sunscreen to the bikini team
15: no uh, the only thing i do differently uh i uh i've got uh, some inventions and uh, one of them, the best invention i ever had was a blank through offset fishing rod handle which later became like the berkeley lightning rod and all that in it Made bass rods be three or four ounces instead of eight or ten or twelve, oh. and I patented this, but I didn't have m- money to uh, defend the patent. I was in my early 20s. Patent trolls. And uh, we got we got hosed, and in the first year there was 80 or 90 million dollars worth of infringing product. And the only thing I wish I'd done differently is gone to some of the people that I that I knew that could have helped me out to defend this patent. All I had hoped was well at least maybe I'll get credit for it, and I never even really got credit. But if you go search the patents, you'll see my name. (laughs) And are you here with Shimano right now? No, uh, Shimano threw me away because I'm no longer significant I guess. How dare they? Uh, They just went in a different direction
2: So just networking here, seeing everybody My question is, if everyone in the industry is here, is there somebody in the bunker in the Greenbrier in West Virginia like during the State of the Union address Like what happens if this place goes up in flames? There's no one left in the industry I don't think anyone would miss us. (laughs) Uh, Social media websites, where can we find out more about you?
15: Uh, Larry Dahlberg's Hunt for Big Fish. Finally got a Facebook page. Um, But the best thing, I've got a website. It's just Hunt for Big Fish. And uh, you just go to the forum, ask Larry, and if anyone has any questions about lure making, salt water, fresh water, general questions, I answer every single one of them myself.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me on this. It's my pleasure.
15: Thanks. So let's talk now
2: about fishing in Paris. Bonjour. Bonjour. Wait. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Yeah. That's so uh, so we're, we're talking about Wells catfish in Paris, do you want to talk about that? And, let's
4: talk about your company yeah sure let's talk about fishing that's much better because we have we are at the show but stop the business now just talk about fishing yeah well, fish uh, probably you know this species I do yeah so well, fish can grow very big they they have been they have not been introduced in fact they moved to uh, a river to another so they went to the river sand 15 years ago and now we are lucky to get some fish to I would say 60 kilo which is something like 130 pounds wow. so they are growing Big, they're big fish. And how would one catch one? You said different times of the year they're eating different
2: fish species.
4: Yeah, the thing is they are most predator fish, so you can catch them with with live baits, uh, spoons, flying spoons, uh, plugs, uh, plastic uh, lures. Uh, I would say that in the spring they are eating on small baits, so you fish with bait, you know, between six to seven inches, and uh, during the, the winter time, they're eating on big baits, so you fish with bait to eight inch to ten inches. Wow. So you, you notice that I'm, I'm talking in inches, not in centimeters. Right. Right? <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> That's us American. So I... I had caught a fish in Luxembourg
2: Gardens, like some kind of carp. My wife was yeah. very upset. The kids were um, like floating sailboats around and I hooked some kind of carp. She was very upset I was fishing there. Yeah, you know that it's not allowed to fish there? Shit. Also, we had, I was full of lottery. Yeah. I had eaten a bunch of macaroons, so I'll blame it on the sugar rush.
4: So I have your card, I will send the police. No, <laughs> no, just kidding. But yeah, Chardin du Luxembourg, there are lots of carp and koi carp also. Yeah, yeah they have been introduced just for fun. And you, additionally, you have salmon that run up the Seine. No, no, you don't no have. More s- anymore? Okay. No, no, you don't have any more. Few, um, very few sea trout, uh, but mostly there are Xander. Uh, Zander, you know, it's like walleye. Okay. Zander, perch, European perch, which is a little bit bigger than the perch you have in North America. Uh, Whale's catfish and uh, pike, of course, and all the kind of species like carp, uh, roach, uh, bream, all those kind of fish, which what we call uh, whitefish, which all the family of the fish which are bottom feeders.
2: So outside of Paris, what other, are there some fish up in the Pyrenees? Pyrenees is a 10-hour drive from Paris, so that's a long way. What mountains am I thinking of? Swiss, you, you got, ah, I'm so lost right now.
4: The mountains, though, there's some Salmonids up there? There are some mountains in the Pyrenees, and there are some mountains in the Alps also. That's mostly like, uh, look like Colorado, so it's mostly trout fishing, but it's much more difficult than Colorado, <laughs> yeah. and less fish, obviously. A lot of stock fish in Colorado. Yeah, I was in Colorado two days ago. It was
2: awesome. We're trying to move there. My in-laws live there half the time. Yeah. Where in Colorado were you?
4: Uh, I was close to Breckenridge That's where my in-laws are On the south end of town yeah, good fishing, but we had a lot of uh, rain. What's not... I think, condition. are we getting kicked out right now? They turn off the lights and the music. Okay, so let's go
2: now. All right. Are you going to the uh, the party at the hotel for the movie festival? Yeah, I will.
4: All right. Well, let's, let's go. Okay, see you right. there. Where can we find you online? Uh, yeah, my, my website is uh, floridafishing.com, but it's mainly, I'm distributing uh, American products in France. But, you know, people can find me on Facebook also okay yeah Alban Chouini fishing that's my name so feel free to at me anytime do. and talk about fishing thanks thank All you right. bye
7: bye
2: well that wraps it up they turn off the lights the music is off it's been a hellaciously long day of walking around I'm gonna try and get into the Drake Film Festival now I definitely need some food because I'm exhausted we will see tomorrow what we get into today uh Most of the day it took me just to get down to the fly section, but tomorrow I think I'm going to focus about 90% on the fly department, and we'll see who we can get. Uh, A lot of vendors, a lot of gear, a lot of companies. It should be awesome. So stay tuned.
15: Thank you for
14: joining
1: us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com
5: Watch Waypoint TV's Great Outdoors Month celebration presented by Battery Tender every Tuesday in June from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Join us for land management tips, family hunts, and conservation-centric films as we show our appreciation for the great outdoors.
1: I'm Will Cooper, host of Stands Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime and on any device.